Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi there, you're very welcome along to the GR with me, Darren O'Sullivan. I'm delighted to be joined today by Lee Costello and Niall McIntyre. Unfortunately, um, we'll be starting off today's show on a on a very sad note uh, with the untimely passing of Kerryman Liam Kearns. Um, Liam had a very successful footballing career playing and managing um, and in recent times was managing awfully and had a great career managing Limerick, Leash, Tipperary, famously to the to the Ireland semi-finals in 2016. Um, yeah, just a really untimely death. Our sympathies go to, to all of Liam's family and everybody associated with him. Um, Niall, I suppose, being a Tipperary man, you would have enjoyed many a, a happy championship day when Liam was managing Tipperary. Yeah, just um, shocking news to 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 read last night. Darren, like just sixty one years of age, and he was he was coaching the Offaly footballers only only yesterday morning. Like, and you know, uh, Liam Kearns just a kind of a, a larger than life character, really. Um, any interview you see with him, I know the last one I seen was after they um they played they beat Dublin in the O'Byrne Cup, and you know it was classic Liam Kearns. He he was. He was, you know, he was defending his own players. He was outspoken and he was talking about, um, you know, how the O'Byrne Cup campaign turned into just a bit of a, a bit of a farce there for a finish. But I think everyone kind of a, a, agreed with him on, on the subject. He was one of those men who had that, that kind of a knack to, to cut through the, the kind of the rubbish and the, the gimmicks in, in Gaelic football, like something of a, a traditionalist really. And, I know in that summer in 2016, he definitely got the best out of Tipperary and he talked about, um, and the players often talked about how Liam Kearns, you know, he encouraged them to celebrate their wins and there just seemed to be a great camaraderie in the Tipperary team that year. And, and Liam Kearns was definitely 
the man behind all that. He was the man who brought everyone together. Um, just seemed like a great, a great leader of a man and a man who everyone could could row in behind. And it seemed like that was exactly how it was going with Offaly. Um, they've been going really well in the last few weeks. So it's a devastating, devastating blow to lose a man like him. Do you know, a, a rarity and a gem of a man and a manager. And you just feel awful for all, obviously his, his family. It's shocking for them. A man just 61 years of age. And as well as that, the Offaly players, because they were just getting to know like um, what a great man he was and what a great manager he was. So, um, yeah, very sad and just shocking news really to hear of a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, and even last night, I suppose I actually got a couple of messages from people, um, GA people and journalists. And like you said, um, Niall, they all said the same thing. Like he was obviously a very respected GA man, but it was um, it was a couple of the journalists that messaged me, um, I suppose, trying to find out if it was true. Um, and they all said the same thing. What a great guy, sound guy, uh, great character. And it's unusual to have a fella so well-respected and well-liked amongst everyone. So like we said, our sympathies go out to, the, to his family and his friends and everybody that he's touched, I suppose, over the years inside the GA and outside the GA circles. Um, so, yeah, um, not a not a nice subject to be starting to show with. Um, we had no football this weekend, Lee, either. Um, but five games in... Um, We'll have a little bit of a look and see uh, see where we're set. Uh, probably not the easiest show to do now, starting off on that note. But um, just from your own point of view, would you be able to pick a player of the year so far? Yeah, um, sort of tricky. This, you know, you're only uh, five games into the league, as you said, and trying to pick like a standout player. I suppose for me, the fairly obvious one would be Matthew Tierney, and for a whole you know plethora of reasons, just given that. Galway started this season with huge expectations given that they were in the All-Ireland final last year and it was that sort of question was you know is that a one-off is, is it did they muster all of that up for one big push and that's everything that they had or can they really push on and become a team that regularly competes for the biggest titles and then it got off to the worst start nearly you know with injuries to Damian Comer, Shane Walsh missing big names that you know that last year it looked like the team were nearly overly reliant on um, so it took people. It, it took for people to stand up, and Matthew Tierney is sort of he's like the ultimate stand up and be counted, you know, kind of guy. Um, this because this season really could have been, or this league campaign could have been a disaster for Galway, and they could have found themselves in a relegation battle, constantly trying to plug holes, just waiting for men to come back. But Matthew Tierney uh, decided to be, I'm going to be the star man now that they're gone, and you know what? It'll be hard for Comer and Walsh to come back in and, and take that mantle off him because he's just been so so impressive. Yeah, um, Lee, would you go along with that or would you have someone different? I'm Lee Dorn, so I just said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Niall, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, sorry, my head's I, all over the shop. I'm Niall. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Enda Hessian. Um, I think he's been, jeez, uh, he's had a barnstorming start to the year, really. Uh, I suppose it was all summed up that day in McHale Park against um, Tyrone. He set up the first goal. Um, for Aidan O'Shea by just kind of breaking through bursting past the, the tackle and he just seems to have a real kind of desire and real kind of 
real ambition in in all of his um every time he gets the ball he's bombing forward um with real purpose and then the goal he got that day is probably the the score of the league so far um when he took it around Niall Morgan of all lads just showed composure skill a bit of class um something you probably wouldn't in the past have associated with cornerbacks but Ender Hessian is kind of he's the new the new breed of 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 cornerback with this he's the speed he has the skill and as well as that like he's a he's a tight marker as well because he kept our Canavan um he kept our Canavan very quiet that day and he's kept um a lot of forwards quiet so like he's Mayo have had a brilliant start to the league but I think he's been the the real the real bright spark and I'd have him as the the player of the league so far yeah definitely yeah they're they're two they're two actually great picks um. Tierney obviously has taken on the mantle, while um, Shane Walsh and Comer have been out and has been brilliant. And we've talked about him on the show. And I think you're right, Niall. And Hessian, to be fair, he is. Uh, it's amazing how Mayo just keep kind of producing these type of defenders that are obviously very good defenders, but are so good going forward. Like you look at the likes of Keegan, Keith Higgins, and these boys over the years, and um, with them gone, and Hessian's kind of taken over that mantle. Um, so yeah, it's hard to argue with them uh, two players, and yet again, it's two Connacht players uh, at the moment. It seems like the Connacht Championship is going to be the only one to watch as well at the moment. Um, and we have a little section here called "Stick It in the Bin." I'm not sure <laughs> who came up with that one, but I'm presuming it's Lee because he's having a right chuckle there. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Lee. Why are we going to stick in the bin? Yeah. <laughs> So um, I, I totally stole this from other podcasts. Like I don't mind saying that. I'll just be completely liable. I'll be open about it. Yeah, you know, might as well. Like I haven't. I don't think I've came up with an original idea in my life. But uh, yeah, stick it in the bin. So we're taking something from the game or something that we've seen recently in the league, and we want to get rid of it. And mine's probably fairly obvious or fairly predictable, given what we talked about last week. And it's diving or simulation or acting the clown, whatever way you want to put it. Um, one of the advantages I think of the league is that it exposes these things early on and then we can really nail it down um, going into the championship and just by talking about it and, and sort of like almost raising awareness on it you know like the conversation has already started like diving's becoming uh, a more talked about thing and hopefully that alone will play its part in stopping players from doing it just because of the sheer embarrassment of it and embarrassment is the word because Dean Rock came out earlier this week I think uh, he was asked about it and that's the exact word he used he says he thinks that it's embarrassing um, and it's good to see a current county player you know saying that and thinking that and trying to get that message across uh, his peers so if it's something we can stamp out immediately uh, or better yet just stick it in the bin Yeah I 100% agree with that Niall I think you're going a different route um, Sweeper keepers uh, a lot of people love them and in fairness, my take on it is this, that if you're not Ethan Rafferty, then you should stay in your goals. Um, I was talking to Park Faulkner about it last week. He's the the Cavan fullback, and I just asked him, what does he, what does he think of it? Would he be happy to see Ray, Ray Galligan running up the field? And he said, I don't want my keeper coming out. Uh, this is a quote, he said. And I think Ray is happy enough not to be coming out too far as well. Um Albeit the keeper is a great option if you're penned in from a high press, but I don't want to be seeing the keeper trying to score from play. Um, he doesn't want to be seen. I don't want to be seeing my uh, keeper doing an eighty-yard sprint back into the goals either. Um, and to be honest, I'd, I'd agree with um, 
Podrick, and, and I know Ray McGalligan, he, he's played something like 100 games for Cavan and 10 or 15 of them were out the field as a, as a forward. So he's the type of lad that you would um, expect to be coming out. But I just think the, the tactic has been kind of, I think it's maybe teams are sticking to it a bit too um, rigidly at times. Like, And listen, I'm a huge fan of, of Ethan Rafferty and I think he's a, an absolute, like he's one of the most entertaining players to watch. And when he gets the ball, is is it's nearly one of the most entertaining things in Gaelic football. But I remember watching the Armagh Donegal match uh, there last weekend, and it was in the it was the very late on in injury time, and there was only one score between them. Um, I think Armagh were up at three points this stage, and there was an Armagh he, defender. He was the last man back, and Rafferty just was gone out the wing looking for the ball, even though there was a bit of a press on from Donegal. And do you know what? The Armada defenders were under a bit of pressure on the ball. So if the Donegal boys got the ball, then they had an open goal. And I just think in a situation like that, there's no need for, like when you're three points up in injury time, I don't think there's any need for the keeper to be, do you know, looking for the ball out the side. I think, yeah, some teams are a bit too rigid with it. Um, the Raskamen one was obviously the worst one in the league campaign to date when they conceded that goal. And in fairness, that wasn't um, Conor Carroll's fault. That was just a mess up between the two um, defenders, a bad pass. But like at the same time, I don't think Carroll needed to be out the wing at that stage. I don't like there's times, there's time, there's a time and a place for it, but I don't Niall, think it needs to happen every Niall, time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it to you now. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you think anymore because that's just the way it is. <laughs> I was oh. I was at that agreement as well. It was cracking me up. I just don't have the nerves for it. But uh, I I I just think that's that's one of the the evolutions of GA that isn't going away. And I think you're going to have less and less good goalkeepers playing in goal. I think there'd be more. Was it Mickey Hart said? Just footballers, mm. no positions. Um, and I, not that I'm coming to terms with it. And getting used to it, I, I'm not sure do I like it a whole pile either, to be fair, but it does add a bit of excitement. But when you're bringing the goalie up to kick freeze inside the 45 or on the 21, that's where I draw the line. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, I know Ethan Rafferty is a good footballer, he's a forward, but Jesus, if you don't have, like bringing a goalie up 100 yards to kick a free from 20 yards is shocking. Yeah, like, I actually don't. I don't mind that that much. It's just ah it's, no, come on. Will you make up your mind? You need consistency Listen, here, Niall. You my, like, Niall, you don't want to bend the goal, or you don't. Come on, lads, is it in the I bender? Isn't it? You don't want him running bin. eighty yards up the field, and now you want him to go one hundred and twenty to kick a free. If he puts it over the bar, then I don't if care. He, what if he doesn't? Well, if he doesn't, then he shouldn't be taking them. There should be someone else taking. Ah, but sure, look, look, look we've, this, we've seen lad. the best free takers miss him. Lads, I don't mind watching this, but my problem is if this is my team, and it's the exact same as Paul, if this is my team and the goalie is out, like, I wouldn't like to see that because I, I think it's too risky. And especially when, like, you're, there's a time, as I said, there's a time and a place for it, but especially when you're in the driving seat in the game, I don't think you need to be taking that risk. So that's not true. Plus, if it's your team, are you not more cross that you don't have a forward to kick a free from 20 yards? <laughs> yeah, well, listen. If if he puts it over the bar, I do not care. 
<laughs> true, true. Um, we, we were going to, I suppose, the next part we were going to look at was uh, managers under pressure. And I suppose since our last podcast, has actually been a managerial um, switch. Um, Ray Dempsey, who who's left his role as the Limerick football manager, he was off the back of um, two very successful club years in Mayo. Um, you'd hear different rumours about what went wrong or why it went wrong, but he's gone. And Mark Fitzgerald, um, Kearns Rallies and Man, who I'd actually know very well, is after taking over the role as manager. Um, so, yeah. Is there any other managers you think would be under pressure? Lee, we'll go with you first. I think you're going to come up with a dinger. Yeah, well, I've, I've sort of got to, um, and I say under pressure, it doesn't mean that I think they're just, they're, you know, they're immediately going to get the sack or what. Yeah, get your it, shovel uh, out now. Get yeah, your yeah, shovel. just Come saying. No, pressure, pressure means different things to different people. But I'll start actually first. I think Andy McEntee, actually, the Antrim manager, is definitely under pressure. Um, they had a bad, bad beating um, against Westmead last week. I think John Heslin scored something like 112, which is just... Uh, ridiculous and it ended up being a cricket score really so he came from Meath with a really good reputation Antrim looked like in a good enough place after um, Enda McGinley's reign so you know it, it, it sort of looked like he could be the person to take them forward but uh, I don't know if it's a slow transition or, or what the crack is but they're, they're struggling at the minute and then my other one the one that you're talking about that I think is under pressure is maybe Desi Farrell and Look, when you look at it, like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> when you look at it, like you know, pragmatically, uh, you know, Dublin, they're in Division Two. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, they've won every game bar one uh, to a very good Derry side. They only lost by a point. They're definitely going to get promoted. You know, what's the big deal, sort of thing. But when you talk about under pressure, like the the pressure of being a Dublin manager, there is outrageous expectations there especially when you're the manager that followed Jim Gavin now initially obviously it went really well in his first season he won the All-Ireland but really when they appointed Desi Farrell his appointment was basically to be we need you to guide the transition from this sort of golden era into hopefully a new one or at least a, a fairly successful one. Um, and the thing behind that was definitely sound, given that he was you know, the under-20 manager beforehand and he was successful there. Uh, but it's it's looking like it's 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 a little bit harder. I think, you know, third year now going in, fourth. Um, he's still overly reliant on these key players from the Jim Gavin era. They're not unearthing the new stars or producing the new sort of forwards and stuff that they had been doing in, in, in previous years. And they just sort of look like they're stuck in a time warp at the minute, you know, like they don't know exactly how to push on her and how to strip the thing back. And I thought maybe being in Division 2 would have given them a really good opportunity to do so. But when you're still super reliant on the likes of Jack McCarthy coming off the bench to, you know, who's been away from the game for nearly three years and and you're relying on him to come off the bench and try to win it for you and things like that. Like, it's it's not a great place to be and all eyes are definitely on Desi Farr. Yeah, um, I, I, I think depending on how they do in the championship, maybe there will be a bit of pressure on him. Um, but like it's 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 a hard one. You, it's I'd be honest, I actually find the league quite hard to judge this year because you actually don't know how what teams are actually thinking or what they're planning in terms of. You know, before it was easier to know if a team was trying to peak for mm-hmm. August September, whereas I, I I'm just not fully convinced that you can peak. Um anymore I think it is a case of hitting the ground running because I think if you're trying to peak for a, a certain game oh, you could leave uh, yourself in a bit of hot water um, Niall 
anyone send up name to you? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I think everyone would probably agree that um, of all the teams, they're the only team that hasn't scored a goal in the league this year. That's Kildare. They're probably been the most disappointing team of the league so far. So, um, yeah, I think Glenn Ryan is probably under the the most pressure of of anyone really they've had they've suffered two home hammerings in in Newbridge Derry beat them by uh 14 points and Cork beat them by 13 and this inconsistency we know they got hammered in in Leinster by Dublin last year there's a inconsistency in Kildare and they just things don't seem to be right like they have that it's a kind of a managing manage, management team that's kind of full of legends like with Anthony Rainbow, Johnny Dial and Dermot Early. But um, there's no denying the fact that the team are struggling and uh, Glenn Ryan is, uh, he's definitely under a bit of, he's under a bit of pressure like so I'd say of, of all of them he's definitely under the most. Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. Uh, Kildare definitely been the most disappointing uh, team in all the divisions. Um, there are teams going well and teams going poorly, but I think in terms of expectation and what you, what you kind of expect to see from Kildare, um, they're falling well, well below standards um, up to now, but whether they can turn around now, who's to know? Um, in terms of managers looking good, um, there's obviously, I think we'll all go, there's always, there's definitely one, and I think Niall, you'll probably be going with him even though Lee is trying to get a bit of a, a hashtag going with it. But uh, who would you go with, Niall? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> it has to be Kevin McStay, I suppose. Goal, or Mayo haven't lost a game in the league so far. There's been a great buzz. I suppose there's, there's always a buzz about Mayo, but there's, especially this year, there's been a huge buzz about all their... their League games, they've a lot of them have been played under lights, and the team have just been they've been on fire, really. Um, they've been banging in goals, and I suppose the best of all, and the most, um, I suppose the most positive thing of all for Kevin McStay is the amount of young players that have not just played games but have, have absolutely stepped up and have you know done made a name for themselves, and they're making the type of impacts that they will be playing in the championships. So you're talking the likes of Matt Bryan. He's a beast of a man full back. Um, he's really stepped up. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Enda Hessian, but there's lots of lots of other lads. James Carr, has he's been there a few years, but he's added a bit more consistency to his game um, this year. And I suppose there's a, do you know, Fionn McDonough, has, he looks a stronger man than he had been in previous years. Bob too, he is um, coming through and does does Tommy Conroy is back. So there's huge positivity in um, in Mayo. Um, they've been very impressive. They've had played with, you know, a real kind of a swagger about them. And um, Kevin McStay, he's the happiest, I'd say, of all the managers. You can see in his uh, interviews after the games, he's loving every second of it. And uh, with the performances he's getting, it's uh, it's no wonder why, really. Yeah, no, um, there's definitely, like you said, there's always a bit of a buzz around Mayo, but um, I don't think anybody 
expected it to be they're bouncing to be fair and like they're they're probably the most enjoyable team to watch so far in the championship. So yeah, definitely agree with you on that one, Nile Lee. Um you've been preaching McStay ball for a while, but I think you're going a different direction here. Yeah, no, I mean McStay is obviously the is the obvious one, but um I've just been hugely impressed as well with uh Podrick Joyce and Mayo are kind of the reason for this because if you look at Mayo in 2021 and, and the great season that they had right up until the all Ireland final against Drone and then they lost, the hangover from that and like they completely they were a shadow of themselves the following year, you know, last year. Um, and it's ultimately uh, what lost James Warren his job and, and gave McStay the opportunity to start this sort of rebuild. So like Galway were in a similar situation, you know, they could have very easily, the heartbreak could have broken them, as I said. And Padraig Joyce, you know, he's been there for a few years now. Um, that He maybe could have felt that this could have been his one opportunity, but he seems to live, he seems to believe that it's actually only the beginning. And he seems to live, uh, got that message through to his players and the way that they're playing at the minute. You know, uh, they're not going to win Division One, but uh, they're probably they're definitely going to be safe. And as we sort of a little bit like the Matthew Tierney situation, just with all the injuries and everything else, it could have so easy so easily have been a per us sort of mentality. We're always plugging holes. This isn't the real us. The season's getting away from us. But he's just used it as an opportunity to to try new things, give players uh, a chance to step up. And now that the Bigger stars are sort of, you know, being reintroduced. Shane Walsh was uh, brought back last week. They just look more stronger and confident, and they seem to have taken great spirit from last season's defeat rather than letting it break them. And I just think that's, that's really impressive and really good uh, man management. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with them too. And yet again, um, like the players who are going well, the managers are Connacht. So <laughs> everything is pointing towards Connacht again by us. Um, two managers I'd actually um, probably call out in terms of doing really well this year. Mickey Hart, we all know Mickey Hart, one of the best managers, but I think what he's doing down loud is brilliant. Um, they're going really well. And closer to home, Cleary in Cork, I think is has got Cork moving in the right direction. Um, they had a poor start, obviously. Um, losing to Mead but I think he hasn't gone well I think he hasn't geared up and like it's not even about this year for Cork I think it's about just improving this year and then kicking on I, I do think he has them going in the right direction so I think likewise with the hurling um, in Cork I think they're going in the right direction um, and I suppose so far in the league like you said we're only a couple of games in but are there any breakthrough players really that are impressing you this year Um a lot of the the usual the usual names are standing up. There's there's been quite a good few new lads coming, uh, Niall. Uh Ben O'Carroll is the breakthrough player of the year so far. Um for me, I think like Roscommon had a great start. They won the first three games and he was a key man. And I suppose it kinda came a bit unknowns to people from outside really that Roscommon have do you know they've a good um, crop of young players coming through because they were in that they lost awfully in that All-Ireland Under-20 final um, a couple of years ago but the six of those lads have have um, were playing um, in they were starting for us common there in uh, a game there recently like and Ben O'Carroll has probably been the most impressive of all of them he's a real he was probably the key man on that Under-20 team but he's just a dynamite sort of a forward with great pace he can score off both feet 
and as well as that, he kind of he plays with great. You know, when he gets the ball, every time he he runs onto a ball, he just seems like a fella that wants to make something happen. He doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't mess around with the ball, or he doesn't kind of give you know a backwards pass that we're very used to seeing in Gaelic football. He just always wants to either take on his man or take a shot. And he's probably a player that Roscommon could have done with, you know, a kind of a a real uh, a real dangerous forward. And I think in the next, if he keeps going the way he's going, um, he'll be a great player for Roscommon uh, over the next few years. And so, yeah, been very impressed with him. Yeah, and um, Lee, have you anyone that you might name? Maybe someone from outside of Connacht. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, a bit closer to home. I'm going to go with Owen McAvoy, um, the Derry fullback. Uh, he's been very, very promising for the Oakleaf County at the minute. Um, and there's three big reasons why he's been so impressive. Like, first of all, it's his, his age. He's only 19, you know, and, and to play fullback and, and to get into that Derry team uh, that have been going so well in recent years is, is impressive by itself. Uh, the second reason is Gallagher's demands, you know, so to be that young, and to get the trust of a manager like Gallagher. Like Gallagher's only got something like 27 players in a panel. Like that's how, you know, anal he is about the players that he lets inside the, the sort of dairy bubble. He's so like, he's such a control freak and he's so specific. And that, that's why they're so like well well drilled and, and successful as well. But um, for him to be able to take that on so early on and, and be... My, my point is, you know, if he was able to impress him at that age and, and to be trusted with that responsibility, then he's obviously uh, a really talented guy. And then the third reason why I think he, he's been hugely impressive is his position. Just the fact that he actually is playing fullback at 19. Because, you know, typically, even if you were playing fullback from under 12 all the way to under 20s, um, when you're introduced to the senior county setup, more often than not, you start out as a cornerback and then as you get a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, then you're shifted into a sort of central position. Um, fullback's always seen as sort of a leadership role nearly. Um, like you think, you know, Sean Kiali and uh, Padraig Hamsey even, um, sort of, they're all fullbacks and captains of their counties. And But this was just a very brave decision by Gallagher. He obviously trusts someone in, in, in taking this on. The, the easy thing for him to, would have been to just play Garth McKillness and fullback. McKillness plays fullback for Slack Neal so and you could have started Owen in cornerback there would have been less like attention on him you know he could have sort of went in under the firing lane just a little bit more uh, smoothly but they didn't want to lose McKinless's sort of man marking responsibilities and what he brings to the team there so they, they needed to find one and they went with a young talent and so far he, he's really living up to it yeah, and like we have a, we have a bit of a section here clever tactic of the year and I suppose um before I go to you, um, Niall, I suppose, Lee, your one actually comes with what you just talked about. But um, Niall, before I leave Lee talk again, because we'll never get a, a word in between the two of us. <laughs> Niall, you went for one and it's one I think we've been we've been calling out. We were calling for this all last year. Go on, go with it. Tell us. Yeah, ain't no shade at full forward. I think um, everyone has... For a long time, people have been saying, you know, get that man into the edge of the square and get the ball in on top of him. And um, Kevin McStay has has went with it. He was actually one of the the men who was who was who was calling for that um, for years when he when he was uh, a pundit. And it has it has been a, a great success for Mayo so far this year. O'Shea 
Um, looks a completely different player in there. He looks fresher. His confidence is up. He's kicking the odd score. But I suppose most of all, he's just a huge um, asset and a huge... Do you know, he, he breaks the ball down for, for the younger lads. He mightn't even... Or the smaller lads. He mightn't even have to win the ball. But it's just his presence in there. It causes a huge distraction for other teams. He's very clever. He's very unselfish. He'll always pass the ball. And I suppose that's... Um, a huge thing for for his, you know, the likes of Ryan O'Donoghue, um, James Carr, Tommy Conroy, these boys, that they know if Aidan O'Shea and if the ball gets into him and Mayo are kicking the ball into him and if it comes into him, he he will pass it. So, you know, the boys are ready. O'Shea is winning balls, so he's more confident than he's ever been. Um, We've we seen that um pass he gave to James Carr. That was like unbelievable, you know, and he has that in his locker. She, you know it um, as much as anyone there and haven't played with him up in um, DIT, but I think it's um, it's been probably, it's been a revelation and it's probably been the the, the game changer for Mayo, we'll say, um, so far this year. He does drop out, um, comes into midfield the odd time and that kind of mixes it up, keeps the other teams in their toes. So yeah, I can't say, can't say anything bad about it. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think, um, uh, look, just from a personal point of view, it's actually great to see. And for once, people are actually enjoying Aidan O'Shea as a footballer that he is as well. And probably seeing him utilised better to his, better for his kind of skill set as well. Like, so we're seeing the best of Aidan O'Shea that maybe we haven't seen over the last couple of years, probably for reasons out of his control. But uh, Lee, um, you talked about um, Breakthrough Player of the Year, and I suppose it set another man free. Mm-hmm. For Derry, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to make a joke and say I was sweeper keeper, but I wouldn't set Niall off. <laughs> uh, no, but my sort of tactic of the year would be moving Brendan Rogers into midfield. So, and yeah, as you mentioned, Owen McAvoy being in fullback allowed Gallagher to make that uh, decision. You know, so Emma Bradley's dropped out of the panel this year. Niall Toner seems to be playing in a half forward position rather than midfield. Connor Glass obviously has the other position nailed down, and they just complement each other so well because Brendan. He brings so much energy and like athleticism and you know all, all the obvious things like his bravery, his fetching is, is fantastic. The way he can run in from deep, his tackling's still very good. But you did sort of lose something from him when he was fullback. Now he did a brilliant job on Michael Murphy last year in the Ulster final, uh, but nearly more because his running forward brought uh, Murphy out of position so much. And, you know, and he kicked so many points himself. But he kind of you know, not caught out, but like it, that sort of style didn't suit when he was up against Comer uh, uh, when they played Galway in the semi-final. So by unleashing him and sort of giving him that freedom, we're getting the best off him. And uh, no better moment typifies it than when Derry beat Dublin uh, just last weekend or two weekends ago, sorry. Um, it was him that sort of, you know, he won the ball, he, he set off uh, the big strides that he does. Like he is like a proper stallion when, when he gets going. It, um, he covers so much distance so quickly and got the winning point. And I think it's going to be a huge plus for Derry this year. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, it just mixes things up. Similar to the Aidan O'Shea one, it mixes things up, um, gives you more options all over the field. Um, so just before we finish up on the football talk, um, going down the divisions, away from Division 1, Talking points, um, Niall, maybe Kevin, flying again this year, five from five. Yes, Kevin are kind of, they've been through a bit of a scenic route, I'd say, in the last um, in the last while. 
in the leagues especially they played in all four divisions and they're kind of under they're on their way back up again they won division four last year um Tipperary were the only team actually that beat them last year they won six out of seven um in division four last year and then beat tip in the final and they've they've been just as impressive and just as dominant in uh division three this year they've five out of five so far so um yeah, Cavan have, you know, like Cavan are, are a good team. They're probably they're probably a Division Two team pushing Division One um, when they're at their best. So they're probably they're too good for um, where they are at the minute. Um, they have some some brilliant players. We mentioned Park Faulkner earlier. He's a brilliant fullback. Garrod McKiernan, um up the field can kick scores from anywhere. And Paddy Lynch is another man who I was probably looking at for one of the breakthrough players as well um this year he's uh he's a you know a bit like Ben O'Carroll real fast uh, loves kicking scores a real eye for a score um so Cavan have been impressive i know it's against inferior opposition but um they're a team that i could see making a bit of a dent in the Ulster championship this year and could spring a surprise or two um because i know they'll have to the winning division three won't get them into the um all ireland series they need to get to an ulster final as well um so you know they're they've momentum built up earlier on but the biggest early on the season but the biggest job for them is the championship and i think uh when it comes around they will be a team to watch mickey graham has them flying and uh, he's a manager with a great track record so uh, yeah don't be surprised if they claim a scalp later on in the year yeah I, I'd go along with that as well and they're definitely I, I definitely put them in the top 10 to 12 teams in the in the country to yeah. be honest it was, a, it was a surprise to see him fall so far down but they're starting to get their act together again um, I mentioned Cork earlier um with John Cleary, I think he's getting starting to get him motoring. They're scoring goals to bait the band, and there genuinely would be a bit of a question mark there now. Can they put it up to Kerry Munster? And to be honest, even if they don't this year, I definitely think they're moving in the right direction for the next couple of years. Um, so that's definitely a talking point. I just think they're finally going in the right direction. And like I said, any team that's scoring goals is going to be dangerous and they're getting a bag full of them. Uh, Lee, any talking points um, for you? Yeah, no, well, just on the, the, the court carry thing, whether they'll give them a match or not, I think sort of being in Division 2 is nearly a benefit for them in, in that sense in that they don't have to play carry in Division 1, you know, um, and they don't meet True. them until the championship. Carry are sort of like maybe not in the most confident mood at the minute there's still a couple of games left to go and they'll, they'll probably will finish on a high but you know Corkle I've started motoring really well and they, they could go in with sort of what's the word like you know nothing to lose kind of thing you know they, they've got a, a fair few games everyone knows they're going in the right direction they've sort of put that out there compared to last season when they were struggling um, and then it was actually their performance against Kerry in the first half anyway that started the sort of change in, in momentum and in mood you know the fact that actually we can sort of compete with the big boys here and that definitely definitely helped them going forward and for the sake of the Munster Championship I know you've been saying it a lot is, is hopefully Cork can um, start putting it up to carry although 
I don't think you'd be too happy if, if they did get over the line and actually got the whiff. Oh no, I wouldn't enjoy that. But <laughs> I, we do want to see good games and stuff like that. And to be fair, like a county like Cork should be competing and hurling yeah. and football with the size and the amount of players. And to be fair, it's not just the amount of players; it's the amount of good players. So, um, yeah, like that, I think they are going the right direction. Um, Keith Byrne um, is flying it, and uh, he's been open enough about setting himself targets, Niall. Um and to be fair, I'd say he's he's living up to the targets that he's setting himself. Yeah, he's a top scorer in the league um, of, across all the divisions. Like maybe it is uh, like a small bit easier to get the scores when you're such a, a a key player in in Division Four. But he's well clear. He's four forty two scored, and um, it comes on the back of you know a very impressive uh, Talchin Cup where he won an All Star last year. So Pete Byrne is probably like you'd have to say he's one of the one of the bright one of the best players in the league um so far he's a real kind of an animal of a man we we were I was chatting to him last week and yeah that was one thing that stood out to me was I just talked about you know setting these individual targets for himself um you know and I suppose it's a thing that a lot of players would do whether they write it in their phone or you know some lads you'd see them putting a picture on their on their wallpaper on their phone just to remind them of where they want to get to and it's probably a, a good thing for for players to do keep Burns target was to um be the the top scorer in the in the national league um he did target last year to win a Italian cup all-star so do you know um they've they've stood to him I suppose and he said you know a quote that stuck out for me was that you know I have to hit these targets and he puts himself under a bit of pressure to hit those targets. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. And uh, I don't know, is it something you ever did, Darren, at the start of the year, set out um, a target for yourself? I don't know whether to win an All-Star in All-Ireland. No, do you know what's funny? Nothing. I never actually set out individual targets. Um, All-Ireland was always a target, but I didn't need to write it down anywhere. Um, (laughs) But I did see it in the latter stage of my career. I did notice fellas would use notebooks more often and write them down to we were like that all these different fads come in and we used to have to bring a notebook the odd time to meetings and you know there was nothing written in mind to be honest um i wasn't one for writing stuff down but um you'd always have targets going into games and stuff like that but i wasn't one for the individual targets in terms of oh, i need to get x amount of scores i going into every game i would have i'd have to create a certain amount of goal chances but they weren't for me per se like if I created a goal chance for whoever it was that was as good as creating it for me John, kind of way. but I never actually had any of them kind of going alright I want to be an all-star this year or I want to be top scorer I would it wasn't my game really to be honest a lot of my game was about carrying a ball at a certain point and bringing someone else into it so um, but yeah it's definitely the way to go in terms, but to be fair I actually think goal setting outside of football and sport is massive now I think people are more aware of that stuff now so fair play to him and being honest about it being open about it actually adds more pressure and you'd actually have a lot of respect for him coming out and saying it straight out which is great to see and he is flying which is great um, and other than that I suppose um, you have Fermanagh Fermanagh picking up a couple of big wins as well and flying and Sean Quigley doing what only Sean Quigley can do uh, Lee coming up with some late goals yeah, yeah, I know we were talking about um, sort of Connacht Championship being the place to be, but like the sort of 
supposed weaker teams in, in Ulster are definitely performing in, in the lower divisions and they're going to be coming into the Ulster Championship with a lot of confidence, the likes of Fermanagh um, Sean Quigley leading the line and the goals that he's getting and I can see he was sort of ifed um, recently that all the talk has been about down and their kind of revolution under Conor Laverty, you know, just because of all the attention that that brought and he sort of thought that Fermanagh weren't getting maybe uh, you know, the, the recognition that they deserve for their performances and, and they definitely do um, deserve recognition because they didn't get the instant bounce of sort of a new manager. Like not everyone does, you know, that's sort of like what McStay's got at the minute. Sometimes it does take a season for uh, to sort of maybe weed players out that don't believe in your philosophy or for uh, tactics and, and new drills and things to just sort of settle in. And and, and especially in, in uh, the sort of smaller counties where your season maybe just isn't as long. Um, that's obviously helped now with the Talchian Cup being introduced but there's definitely getting the benefit of that now and um, it's good to see any game where you see Sean Quigley is always going to be entertaining Unfortunately that's all we have time for football wise um, for today's show but we'll be back next week with a full roundup of all the games um, and I'm going to leave you now and Lee and Niall are going to take over the hurling talk <laughs> Okay, so Darren's going to leave us now for a little while while the two hurling experts get stuck into the weekend's action. Um, Henry Shefflin probably summed it up best this weekend. He said, you get to a phase where you have to stop experimenting and you have to start thinking. That horizon is upon us now. The championship is coming next month. Do you agree with Henry there, uh, Niall? Yeah, I think it definitely definitely applies to Galway. They had... um, disappointed really in the last two games against Cork and against uh, Limerick they were particularly poor at the against Limerick but um and even though they started a bit slower in, in Cusack Park uh yesterday they really grew into the game and you could see how much they they wanted to win this game um Dahi Burke talked about it earlier or after the game on TG Car as well uh it's rare enough that he does interviews but he did one for TG Car. And he just said that you know we were we were very disappointed with how we played the last um, well the the whole league really and and we had we we had targeted this and you could see it in them Galway really they, they dug it out like Clare Clare were seven points up in in the early stages but Galway they dug it out Connor Cooney hurled well um, you know just a good team performance. Thomas Monan, who who has been one of their, their standout players in this league campaign, he he kept doing it as well. And it was rare enough, it was rare enough to see Connor Whelan having something of an off day, um, by his standards anyway. But uh he he then comes up, as he has done so many times, he comes up with the the match, the game changing goal really, uh, in the in the second half. A brilliant goal broke onto a puck out and they couldn't catch him. So I suppose that just shows that the calibre of player Connor Connor Whelan is even when things were going bad from he was still able to step up to make that difference. So yeah, going back to your point, I think every team, um every team you could see that there was like while while in, in previous rounds it was a bit, you know, it was it was challenge match kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Teams were taking it seriously um this time around. And I suppose Galway epitomized that because, you know, they had been going so poor. But mm. to get that win will be important for them now. The championship is, as Henry said, it's only a month away. Like, mm-hmm, absolutely, and it's it's even just the shift in mentality that makes all the difference in terms of entertainment. Um, you'll you'll be a happy boy at the weekend anyway. Tipperary, good win over Waterford. 
Yeah, well, like on the same point, Liam Cahill was interviewed after the game and he just said that Michal O'Donnell put it to him. He said, you know, it's been it's been said that you peaked, Waterford peaked too soon under you last year that they were tired when it came to the business end. And I suppose that's why we're having this whole conversation is is that Waterford did did flop um, after a brilliant league campaign. They flopped in the championship last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michal asked, asked, TG, asked Liam the, the million-dollar question, and Liam just said the proof will be in the pudding. With a smile on his face, the proof will be in the pudding come, come championship, whether I did get it wrong. So um, he's right there. The proof will be in the pudding. But um, what he also said was that momentum, momentum is the key word, um for for Tipperary and they definitely have I suppose Limerick aside Tip have the most momentum they've won every game so far and um it was another impressive performance in in Semple Stadium uh by them they put four goals past Waterford Jake Morris got a brilliant hat-trick um you know every every goal was actually the same the way he finished it Mm. as you're told as a forward is to hit the ball into the ground um not to give the goalie any chance. And Jake Morris finished it uh, superbly. And he's really coming into his own. Connor Bowe got the other goal. Um, I suppose Waterford were, Waterford didn't, never really um, got going in this one. Desi Hutchinson didn't get onto the ball. Austin Gleeson came off early. I think he had a bit of an injury. But um, the Caelum Lines aside, Caelum Lines was was exceptional. Four points from play. Uh, he's become an outstanding player. For Waterford, but him aside, Tip were were a lot better. Waterford couldn't really cope with them. That's I suppose the trademark of the Lean Cattle team is that they bomb forward and and look for goals. And Waterford couldn't really cope with them um, when they did get forward. Uh, I suppose what I've noticed as well is that Tip are they're they're tracking back a lot as well. So there's there's a lot of fitness in the team. Lean Cattle's teams are renowned for that, and yes. a bit like a football team, then they attack in numbers too. So. Um, Look, it's it's all good for for Tipperary uh, so far. Mm-hmm. And thanks for using a football example, so I'd understand. I um, <laughs> we, were, we were talking there about the league, uh, you know, less experimenting. They're taking it more seriously now. But with Cork, you know, there was still a lot of new faces, and they just scraped over the line against Wexford. Yeah, there were there were a lot of new faces. Don Logue said on the Sunday game there might only be five or six of them lads playing come come the championship. Um, I suppose this was a particularly big game for for Wexford, um, seeing as the the hammer and they took a Clare against Clare at home uh, two weeks mm-hmm. ago. And in fairness to Wexford, they did they did show up and they did they started off six points off the bat, six points to no score. It took it took Cork twenty minutes until they got on the scoreboard with Shane Kingston free. So um, Wexford did start like a team that meant business, but I suppose it. It's like Wexford, they, they'll be disappointed with yesterday that number one that they lost that game, but even because they could have won it, but even bigger than that, that they lost three key players to injuries. Um, Connor McDonald came off earlier, his calf was was heavily strapped and he, he was going well too. Got a great point just before he went off. Centre back Damien Reck had to go off, uh, injured, and Matthew O'Hanlon went off late on with an injury. Um, we talked about how close the championship is. That's of all the teams, um, of all the teams in, in in Hurling, Wexford, of the top teams in Hurling, Wexford can't afford to be to be missing players, and we seen that against Clare, the two weekends ago when they were they were hockey that day, but 
it was going well for them this time. They had Lee Chin back and he was on fire, scored four from play and set up Simon Donahue for two more. Just brilliant. Lee Chin at his best. Rory O'Connor came back and um, late on, but it's good to have him back. But it's disappointing for Dara Egan that it's kind of two steps forward, uh, one step forward, two steps back, in that the mm. three boys, three key players came off with injuries the day they had everyone back. Um, yeah. Liam Sheedy said it on the Sunday game, they're probably one of the few counties, well, of all counties, they can't really cope with missing key players because they mightn't have that strength and depth that the top counties have. So disappointing for them um, there, but I suppose bits of green shoots. Um Cork weren't brilliant at home, but I suppose they did enough. Shane Barrett stood up and he was he was brilliant. So it was good for them. Um they they'd be happy to get that win, do you know, when when um mm-hmm. when they hadn't everyone and when things had gone a bit against them, do you know? Mm-hmm. And in a weekend where things were new, uh, it was sort of the same old story with Kilkenny beating Dublin and Dublin's issues up front. Definitely, like Dublin. Donald Burke has probably been the, the player of this league campaign so far. Uh, four points again from play yesterday. I think he got 11 in total. That's after getting um, 15 against Tip. He, the man is on fire. He's scoring points like it's the easiest thing in the world. Just throw him out the ball and he pops it over. But the problem for Dublin is there's not much of a, a supporting cast. I know they've had a few injuries. Ronan Hayes' hamstring is at him. Alex Considine was down with a hamstring at, towards the end of the game yesterday. Um, but it was it was the same old story. Uh, Kilkenny won the game by 11. Um, they could have won by by more even. This was, like we were talking about the intensity up in, in Galway and Tip and all these teams, you know, gearing towards championship. Just looking at this game, this was back to, like this was poor. This was This lacked intensity. And you'd have to blame Dublin for that because they were the team that were chasing the game from from early on and it's a huge problem for Dublin like they lost 11 points to Kilkenny yesterday they lost to Kilkenny by 17 points in the championship last year and then they lost by 13 points in last year's league like Kilkenny are in the same province as them they're going to be playing them a lot and they can never they're not just not beating them they're not even getting close to them so this is disappointing for Dublin it's worrying for them they're apart from Donald Burke there hasn't been too many green shoots, and we knew, know the players they're missing: Chris Crummy, Keno Callahan, Ryan McBride. So um, it's been a tough start for me. Hold on, who there? Definitely. Mm-hmm. And with some counties in this league sort of benefiting from you know producing new faces, Limerick have definitely benefited this weekend from just getting old names back. Definitely, yeah. Um, well, they won. Um, they won by twelve, but they'll be expected to beat um, Westmead, um, but. Like they won, they won by twelve points. It was a plucky enough display from um, from Westmead, but Limerick, um, Limerick really are like we're talking about Tipperary going well, but Limerick are they're obviously the team they're going for uh, the, the four in a row this year. But they've in while well, in previous years they may have been a bit slow in the league. They've been flying um, so far in 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 this campaign and. You know, they had Aaron Galan back for the first time this year. Dermot Burns back for the first time this year. He'd been out in Dubai, actually. I came across him when I was on my travels. He was hurling for the Dubai Kels out there and uh, in a few tournaments. I seen him in one tournament out in Sharjah. And uh, he was actually playing on an intermediate team out there. Um, so you can imagine how good he was out there, the hurler of the year, um, playing out in Dubai. But he's he's back now. Galan's back. 
and the Tom Morrissey is nearly always a man that's um does the business for Limerick he got nine points five from play but another man who got five from play was uh Donico Dalig a lad who was um exceptional in the All-Ireland Intermediate Club final for Mona Lean he's only 20 years of age but he's really really stepping up um into a, a top top forward and he he's another Jim Gavin used to always talk about bringing in one lad or bringing in a fresh face Mm-hmm. Um, every year, and Donico Dalek seems to be this man for Limerick. Five points of play yesterday, and he is—he's a deadly hurler. So, um, yeah. And the other, the other um, big game, Leash, Leash kind of have a knack of in in, in the last few years of beating Antrim when um, when it really came down to it in these, whether it was a promotion game or relegation playoffs, and and so on. But uh, Antrim turned the tables. Um, in, in Belfast this time uh, Antrim have been going better in the league they've been running teams closer Leash are struggling and Antrim got the, the three goals they had the Dunloy boys back Nigel Elliott Connell Cunning got the goals and uh, Neil McManus got another so that was a, a big win for Antrim and uh, yeah another another hurling weekend passes this time thankfully it was a bit better and um, I suppose the, the big boys are probably separating from the rest now. The, the semi-finals are coming a bit clear, but um, thankfully the, the championship is coming up soon and we'll be into the serious stuff then, uh, Lee. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well done to you for keeping up with me in the old hurling chat. I know it can't be easy. Um, thanks again to Darren for earlier in the podcast and uh, we'll see you all again next week. Although keep an eye out for Thursday because we'll have an extra podcast where I'll be interviewing a current county star. That's as much teasing as I'll give you. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.